0: Welcome to the finale episode of the Me Sweet season five. I'm your host, Donna Peters. It's incredible to be able to say we're wrapping up season five, and I'm excited to launch our always fan favorite greatest hits collage. If you've enjoyed our work this season, leave us a rating and a review. Your reviews really make a difference. I hope you enjoyed this compilation of our me sweet sweeteners. This is advice from each season guest on what we can be doing differently on Monday to lead our lives with more purpose, planning and power. So let's get in there.
1: So walking untangles interesting ways of our brain to operate. St. Augustine used to say, solvetur ambulando, which means it is solved by walking. Wow. So many times if you if I have a problem to solve, I will actually get out and do a very long walk. Okay. And not really even think about that problem. Mm-hmm. But again, as I am walking and then as I return home, I come to the solution in a much fresher way. Okay. And there is something about how the brain operates when you actually walk and it is Quietly innovating. There are millions of cases of innovators that are actually walkers.
2: You can find your authentic self by doing something that an algorithm couldn't predict. Hmm. How would I start doing that on Monday? Because I've done so many things in my life. It could just be walk through the dentist's door and say, "I'm going to be the best customer they've ever had." That could be something that's radically different than you've done before. And the algorithm wouldn't predict that for you. I'm going to go home tonight. And, you know, let's just say you drive home and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop in, in the driveway. I'm going to take five really deep breaths. And I'm not going to take work home to my significant other tonight. I'm going to really listen to my teenager tonight. Those might be changing the algorithm. The algorithm wouldn't predict that because you've come home every day for 17 years, walked through the door and said, and, and the person says, how's it going? It's like, oh, I had, I, it was great. It was bad, but work comes into the house. Maybe today you don't do that. And the algorithm can't predict left turns. Yeah. And my belief is the more authentic you are, the more compassionate you are, and the more we aren't, the computers can't predict mm-hmm. that. And that's what makes us human is is your unique, your uniquity is what makes mm-hmm. you, you know, different than anybody else and different than computers.
1: I think the main thing is to try to create the space and time for thought, Mm. for really just presence. We are in such a hurry all the time, and we're so results-focused. We always have such an idea of how we want to get from point A to point B, Mm. rather than really allowing the journey to be the point. And I understand that we all have KPIs, we all have pressure, but whenever we are under pressure, again, we lean on our pre-existing heuristics. We already decide we know what we're seeing in the world. We, our brain has decided I know what I'm going to see and I'll only stop when I get to where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And really the, the magic, the beauty, the excitement, the innovation, the adventure, whatever you mm-hmm. want to say is, is in the seeing all of the opportunities that exist. And so by slowing down, by being more present, by taking the time. If you have the time, I mean, Daniel Kahneman said it, if we have time to make a decision, we should. And so I think just allowing ourselves the time to be present with ourselves, with Mm -hmm. our thinking and with each other.
3: So my sweetener is that you have to be sure anytime that somebody raises a concern or an objection with you, you thank them. And not in that like kind of dismissive way where like, oh, that's a good question, you know, but you actually have to in the moment stop, Mm. take a breath and truly thank them for raising the concern Mm. and raising the objection because, you know, it's hard in any circumstance to be the one like, "Uh, excuse me, I I think there's something not right here. And if you don't thank people deliberately and mm. intentionally, you will not get diversity of thought. And we all oh. know diversity of thought is critical for any success. And one of the keys to that is psychological safety. Mm. And a great way to get psychological safety is to constantly model and interject that when people are raising concerns and objections, that we are grateful that they've done it. Yeah. So I would go so far as not not just. In the moment to say, "Thank you, George, that I really appreciate that you spoke up." Usually, then at the end of the meeting, mm. I'll say it one more time. By the way, that was really great, George. I'm so glad you raised that point for us because you know oh. we really needed to consider that. And often I will then send a text five minutes later to let them know that that was really important.
4: We are going to I'm going to have my marketing team set this up, but for all the listeners of this podcast we're going to set up a discount code that will be me sweet, And you can send that out in the notes as well mm-hmm. for people to get plants that they can put in the yard, because I'll tell you, it's really interesting. Um, if you put in even just one small pack of plants, you know, like a six pack of plants, which only is, if you think of your lawn, is like a six by four foot area that you're taking out of it. So a very small area, places that mm-hmm. you can have sunny or partly sunny. We do all kinds. You will notice in the first year, that some wildlife comes back. The first year we planted the, the actual right kind of milkweed, we had monarch caterpillars in our front yard. Wow. And it was amazing. I've never seen one in person in yeah. my life. We had like seven of them on the, on the little milkweeds out there. Wow. The next year, those plants will come back bigger because the thing about perennials is that they, they kind of, the phrase, they sleep, creep, and leap.
0: Uh-huh.
4: And so in year two, they're bigger. By year three, they're full size, which could be like three or four feet tall, depending on the plants mm-hmm. you get. But get the ones that fit your layout. Mm-hmm. But you will see... Songbirds coming back. We have the the year we moved here, we had one bluebird, Eastern bluebird, beautiful bird. And this year we just put up birdhouses that my daughter and I made. And uh, we put up eight birdhouses. And the very first day, there were eight nesting pairs of bluebirds, one by each house. And they've all moved in. It was like a new housing development opening up an open house day. And they just, (laughs) all these birds showed up. And it's just amazing to see Mm -hmm. the impact. And every day I wake up right now, because spring is amazing, the windows are open and early in the morning, Mm -hmm. beautiful song music is coming through and that actually is scientifically proven to make you happy
5: if you are in that space of unplanned Uh and you're uncomfortable I would encourage you just to take a couple of deep breaths and realize that you won't be uncomfortable forever Mm. there is seasonality and there is time to mature in certain different areas that you might not know you're actually maturing so it's almost being comfortable with the uncomfortable i know we hear that a lot and it's very hard Mm. but acknowledging as we already talked about that we we do hard things all the time almost expect that it's going to be uncomfortable but give yourself grace Mm. in the moment of discomfort to know that it won't last forever and on the flip side of that, you'll be able to reflect. And there's always a story. There's always a redemptive story where you can see what that moment meant mm. for you after it's over.
6: You know, I, I've got quite a few of them.
0: All right. I'm ready. Um, Sweeteners with an S. Okay. Everyone
7: calls you on your birthday or texts you on your birthday mm. or your anniversary. Yeah. What we started doing maybe 10 years ago was that, um, when one of our fans lost a spouse who passed away, mm. I would make a note of that day. Wow. And a year later, on that day, I would call Jane Cobb and say, Jane, I'm thinking about you today. I know this wow. is the day that a hubby died, and I wow. just want you to know I am thinking about you. Or David, I know that Nancy died today, a year ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it just came to my mind it's a powerful statement mm-hmm. that is not is is so genuine and it's not contrived and it's mm-hmm. not something that's going to be all over instagram or any yeah. social media yeah i i love to call the parents of our players mm. and tell the parent some inside information about their their son that is positive mm. what happens when you do that mm-hmm. is that the parent then acknowledges, coach called, and affirms something to their son that is uh, glowing. Uh-huh. Now the player, your player, gets a message delivered to him by way of his mom or dad, yeah. but by what the coach said. And as a result, it's remarkable how it goes full circle. Mm-hmm. The game of basketball is a game in which when you help somebody, you help yourself. If I set a screen for somebody, I'm gonna get open. Mm. That's life. Mm. So I had the great joy of coaching our two sons at Davidson College. Mm -hmm. And they wore Davidson on their heart and they were tough as nails and incredible workers. And I would tell them that all the time. Mm -hmm. But I never told to them in front of the team. Oh. Once I said that in front of the team, oh. it became a remarkable power base for them. Wow. And the reason I never said it in front of the team was because I didn't trust myself. Because mm-hmm. I didn't trust that I was doing the right thing. I was fearful that maybe the players said, oh, he's just saying that because he's their father.
0: Right, right. And once I
7: developed trust, I was able to let go and say that in front of the team. Mm-hmm. I would send a text message or an email the day before a big game mm-hmm. to somebody that had an impact on my life and let them know we're taking a court tomorrow mm-hmm. and I just want you to know I wouldn't be here without you.
6: Wow. I think the bigger question I think that that we're trying to talk about are the people that want to make a wholesale change. Yeah. And I am not a fa- I'm not a fan of Big, bold moves, so to speak, until like you've started getting a little bit of taste of it, okay, because I don't want people to feel this is just my personal opinion and the way I look at the world. I think it's more important for incremental changes to occur and incremental small experiences to occur, yeah, because if you're an older person with obligations, for example, and you've got a mortgage, and you've got kids or a spouse, or you're taking care of parents or you know all the things that life throws at us, yeah. Making big, bold moves could be an unnecessary risk. Okay. So if you quit your job one day and decide, I'm going to go start a business, and you haven't learned anything about running a business, then that's probably not a good idea because you're more than likely going to fail. Yeah. And then you've put your family down a different path. And in finance, at least, and in the world, I think it's sometimes more important not to lose than to win. And you know, entrepreneurs have different opinions about that. I think tangibly speaking, I think you want to start a side hustle. And there's many podcasts and programs about side hustles. But start with the side hustle and start learning about yourself and learning about how you do business.
8: What are your core values with your spouse or your partner or whomever you're Mm -hmm. going through life with? What are we trying to achieve? What shared Mm -hmm. goals? And those can be pretty broad or they can be more specific depending on the season again. What are our communication norms? How will we communicate how often what does that look like and what yeah. settings and then kind of the, the expectations of quality as well mm. what are when do you when do we know that we're Heading in a direction that aligns with those core values. When we know when we're off course, and then ultimately, how will we resolve those issues?
6: Mm-hmm.
8: Not necessarily, again, that I have specifically written down. You know, with my husband, but at various stages, we've we've verbalized all of these things, and and we have this wonderful balance that way.
2: If you care about someone and you sense that there's some disconnection you're experiencing with them, uh-huh. would you be willing to share that with them? Okay. Would you be willing to see how you're creating that disconnection with some curiosity and then reveal that with the other person? Mm. Now, you don't need to make this a huge ordeal. Pick someone that you trust, someone that you care about, and someone that you want to be in relationship with. Mm -hmm. Identify what might be in the way. And would you be willing, in the spirit of connectivity, connection, caring, Mm. do the scary thing by saying what's needed as a means to really get into a relationship with them.
9: Honestly, I think for me, the best advice I would give our listeners is Mm -hmm. around leading with gratitude. Okay. Um, and I say that because I'm realizing more and more based on the type of work I've been involved in and the type Mm -hmm. of work I'm doing in the future. It's just so important to show people appreciation. It's amazing what saying thank you does. Uh, Um, And it's just amazing how that can just build resilience. mm -hmm. Um, One-on-one relationships, but also from a teaming standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I think even when things don't work out, Mm -hmm. saying thank you for your efforts Mm. is huge. Because it just breeds so much positive energy into your team, into your organization, into your one-on-one interactions with an individual, it goes a long way. It's, it's mm. so easy to be negative, mm. especially when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. But the opportunity to just say, listen, it didn't work, but, but just thank you for the fact that you tried. Right. Amazing. So leading with gratitude is what I would say. Starting on Monday,
0: mm-hmm. say thank
9: you, even if something didn't go well.
0: Just look around,
7: oh. have a little think about, is there somewhere where people could see with they're back to the wall? You know, is there a little corner that we could mark off and put a sign up that says library, that you know, that creates this like, little bit of permission signaling, because that's a key thing too, because people don't want to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. The world, the workplace is like a, a theater stage. We're missing backstage. You uh-huh. can't be on the stage all the time. We need to give people a little bit of backstage.
10: Wow. I would say it would be: are you merely making decisions when others or the situations present you with decisions and options, or are you looking for opportunities to go off-road? Okay. So in in our field, we call this value-focused thinking as opposed to alternative-focused thinking. Alternative-focused thinking is this metaphor where decisions are you're you're, you're driving down the road, and then you come to a fork in the road, Mm -hmm. and you decide which one to take, based on what you think the forks in the road will be ahead and so forth. That's very alternative-focused. And okay. a lot of MBA kind of thinking is analyzing those and making comparisons. Uh-huh. Well, you've ceded most of the power uh-huh. because some other situation or some other person is telling you when it's time to make a decision mm-hmm. and what alternatives you're choosing among. Okay, You need to be more proactive, more intentional. You should decide when a de- it's a good time to make a decision. Uh-huh and don't accept the obvious alternatives that are there look at those and think about what else can you create so mm. you know wh- where you're going you don't need roads got you have got to think about when it's when it's time to make a choice don't wait for the annual review don't wait for when conventionally people are in this position for uh, 2 years or 5 years love it when is the time and what alternatives not just the obvious ones what alternatives mm. might you create or construct that move you closer to the direction that you want to go?
11: Think strategically about your life. Mm -hmm. Step back from the day-to-day, moment-to-moment, week-to-week, month-to-month. Give yourself a brief mental sabbatical and think strategically about your life, maybe for the first time in a long time, maybe Mm -hmm. in some cases for the first time ever. So think about what's really important to you and, and I know, Donna, again, I know these are concepts that are at, you know, at the center of your amazing work as well. Look at your personal core values. Mm-hmm. What really is non-negotiable for you? Mm-hmm. What are your commitments that make all the difference? And I want to do things that are consistent with and in support of those core values. And maybe a core value is personal health and growth. Well, I've got to be doing things that I can influence and control to limit my stressors, to manage them, to change the field, to re-engineer to the extent I can control it. Otherwise, I'm not being consistent with that core value of health. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of my core values is I want to, I'm committed to nurture and support the people that I care for. Maybe that's a core value for me. And that shows in family. Mm -hmm. Maybe it shows in coworkers as well. So if I see them missing a step, if I see them sounding not like themselves, being short-tempered, maybe that's the time for me to pull them aside and say, hey, Donna, let's let's walk outside for a couple of minutes. You know, Jack will cover for us. Mm. Let's let's talk a little bit. Mm. Getting that social support,
8: this life is not meant to be lived to just grind and make more money and grind and make more money, and then take long vacations to get over the fact that you're grinding and making money. You know, mm-hmm. like it just it can be a very short cycle, and then starting to think forward to the vision for what you want for your life overall. Like, what story do you want to tell about yourself? You know, people say, "What did you, What do you do during the dash?" Because in your um, tombstone, there's a beginning the end, and there's the dash. And Mm. so the question is, what do you want to do during the dash? So you got to let go. And the meditation helps you let go of the stories you tell yourself about what success looks like, Mm. what's important, and why you're doing what you're doing. And so that letting go and kind of surrendering was very important. Tell everybody what you want to do. Uh. Tell your friends, tell your family, because those people will inevitably The universe will have people call you and different things will happen, as I believe, as happened with me. Mm -hmm. And you will get to the opportunities that will open up to your purpose and, and it will come very naturally, but you have to just speak it.
12: So there's two things, Donna, I would say. Start thinking about who you are and what uh, your identity and what you want that to be and Mm -hmm. how you're going to show up in the world. I think that's that's fundamental. Mm -hmm. But even easier than that, because that's a that's a that's a big conversation. But that's a journey. I think people need to go down. What I did was thought about what's going to make me happy. Okay. And what do I need to do in my life that's going to make me happy? Mm -hmm. And happiness can be broken down into enjoyment. Is first thing. What are some things that you can go? And, and do that's going to provide you with a higher level of enjoyment.
9: Mm-hmm.
12: That, for me, it was around sports. Okay. And I love golf. And I was lucky enough to meet a golf trainer that also uh, worked on your body balance and uh, sort of like yoga for golf. And I got on the program. He then helped me with my physical strength. Mm-hmm. Then came the golf swing. And I've been doing that, you know, for the past four years when I, and I did that on the back of coming off a, you know, what I call a pretty difficult time business wise. Okay. And I was at a turning point, but that reset me. Wow. And with that, I I looked at my relationships, whether that was at home, in the community, and just decided that I would uh, engage with people that are going to give me good energy. So Mm -hmm. I think if you, if people think about those steps, what's purpose for me? Yeah, What's going to make me satisfied? How do I engage maybe with a different person? Just think of some really basic things. Do one of them. Yeah. And keep at it. Yeah, And you'll find that a whole lot of other changes will start to come in your life. Mm-hmm. And you won't even know that it's going on.
5: Start thinking about kind of future.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: What What's your passion? Doesn't have to be what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Again, I like movies. Not going to be a movie critic.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And... Be intentional in how you plan for it. Most people Mm -hmm. that I see already have so much professional guidance, but they haven't gotten granular with them. They're doing something very two-dimensional like managing investments and that's it. Or not really solving, looking at cash flows and how do I get to go sit on a paid board and how does that affect me? And they don't more deeply think about legacy. Mm. It's like they're they're still caught up, even with however many million dollars, like I have to have financial security. Well, you already have financial security. Mm-hmm. So what is that next step of I think of it like Maslow's hierarchy where yeah. you hit self-actualization mm-hmm. with where you feel like you can pass money on and you can do it with good intents and with the right sort of estate planning documents. To surround those gifts and money that you might leave to your family or to a philanthropy or whatever your jam is. Right. It might make you feel like you're gonna be nauseous, but having those conversations with your parents around where Uh. they are and what is gonna fall to you. Yeah. Does mom and dad have any sort of long term health insurance, long term care health insurance? Many of the people I know, we've financially done better than our parents did. Okay, And they might not have the means to pay for these things, but Mm -hmm. yet our own guilt and who we are as children, like we're going to feel compelled that we need to pay for these things. And mom and dad can't cash flow it. It's very tough for mom and dad to be honest with Mm -hmm. what they have. And it's like Mm -hmm. somebody's going to have to die or end up, you know, chronically ill for us to really get to the bottom of it.
9: One of the things I'd call out is, There are misconceptions amongst leaders today. Many leaders think that they're far more trusted than they actually are. What that suggests is there's a gap in understanding in terms of how trust is built and how we're earning trust. So we have work to do as leadership to really dig into where we might be eroding trust and not really understanding that.
6: I think
13: it's about determined practice. So I created this acronym Mm -hmm. from the word READY. Okay. And, you know, because very often we don't know what we're necessarily aiming for in life. Mm -hmm. You know, 10 years ago, I would never have put myself where I am now. And how can we pursue something if we don't know it exists? Mm -hmm. How can we aim for something big if it's currently completely beyond our realm of comprehension? And I don't really believe in luck or chance, but I do believe in, you know, general preparedness and determined practice. And I think that that's how you line yourself up to take advantage of the incredible opportunities that life Mm. throws at us all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I didn't plan to exit my marriage um, until the day that I finally found it untenable. I definitely didn't grow up thinking mm-hmm. one day I want to row across the Pacific or <laughs> I want to cycle across the United States of America and, and you know, put, put the stepping stones in place to achieve those things. That's just not how it, how it worked for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, the, the acronym that I use mm-hmm. um, quite often in my workshop facilitation is READY and the R stands for resolve to take the first step. Okay, and remember remember that it's never too late. Okay. And the E stands for embrace fear because it's always opportunity in disguise.
0: Mm-hmm.
13: And the A is about asking difficult questions of ourselves and each other. Yeah. D is about discipline being greater than talent. So immerse yourself in the process and master the mundane things in life. Mm-hmm. And then Y is that you can do more than you think or that you think you're capable of that's the secret 60% that we all have in us yeah so I guess being ready and I think this is something that you know we can all put into practice to some extent in our lives from tomorrow from now is about trusting that there's opportunity out there and kind Mm -hmm. of starting to put into place some some practices, some strategies in our life that we may not know exactly where we're headed, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But
0: it's trusting that there's opportunity out there, and we deserve it. I hope you enjoyed our greatest hits collage. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite for season five. Remember, leave your life with a Me Suite mindset. A coach can help. Check out the show notes for more information and additional resources. Put work to work for you.